the slim fast 14 day effect on your new year's resolution day one the new year you want to kick it off with a bang and you're not just talking about fireworks day 14 you're ready to start this year right looking great and preferably on top two weeks is all it takes to get what you really want Swap two meals a day for slim, fast protein shakes or bars, get in a 30-minute workout, and stick to a 1,200-calorie diet to lose up to six pounds in your first 14 days. Find Slim Fast in the store near you. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Beauty and the Beast After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Beauty and the Beast After Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Beating the Beast after show here at AfterBuzz TV. We are recapping this night's episode, Ancestors. It is season two, episode 10. It was a mind-blowing episode, for me at least. There was a lot of things coming to the forefront, which I really enjoyed. I'm your host, Paige Sullivan, for tonight. Unfortunately, Alex and Alicona could not make it, but they will be back next week and will be greatly missed tonight because... As I'm sure you guys know, it's much more fun to talk about Beauty and the Beast with your friends than by yourself, but that's okay. So I'm going to break it down for you guys tonight. This episode had a lot of different aspects and a lot of different things happening. First and foremost, Vincent has come out to the world as being Vincent Keller. And he's on the talk. He's on the front page of the newspapers. My one question is, you know, he's come forward and said who he is. Cat's paying close attention, but I'm... I'm wondering where his family is, uh, his cousin, his mother. I'm really concerned about when that's going to happen. Maybe not concerned so much as just uh, confused as to how that hasn't popped up yet. I think as a mother or a family member, the first thing I would do when my war hero son pops up in the news after having, you know, this huge memory lapse for 10 years, I would be running to be with him. So I'm sure that's going to happen and play a big part in the new Vincent Keller and his new life, but I'm not exactly sure when. What we do see is he's on the talk, which I actually very much enjoyed seeing as that is something that I would watch occasionally if I am home during the weekday. It's really bringing in pop culture and what's happening right now in 2014 into Beauty and the Beast, which makes it a lot more relatable for us who maybe don't have beasts running around in our lives. So Vincent Keller's chatting it up, but he says, when they ask him kind of about his girlfriend situation, he says no comment. Tori seems to be a little hurt by that. I, I couldn't really read her, uh, but we do know, and JT addresses it as well, that she has high hopes for this relationship and where they're going due to their primal attraction, the fact that they're both beasts, and now that he's not with Kat anymore. Um, and so I thought it was very interesting that he was doing the talk, and he mentioned to her that she kind of pushed him towards it. I don't know if – I can't tell if Tori's good for Vincent or, or not good for Vincent at this point because I she she's really pushing him to come out and say who he is and tell his story or this version of the story that they're telling. Um, and I, it's very different from what Kat did with him where they hid and they, they kept everything very private for his safety. 
is Tori naive? Is she doing it for selfish purposes? I'm not quite sure. Um, because she, she doesn't have to hide from anyone. So I think maybe having Vincent out in the open makes it easier for them to be in a relationship. Not quite sure where that's going. But I really did like how they asked him about his future and he didn't have an answer. He doesn't really know where he's going from here. It's, it's really up in the air for Vincent and for Tori about what's going to happen with them and where they're going to go. There was a lot of talk about his past feelings for Kat and if that's going to, you know, come to head at any point and be something because JT points out it's going to be very hard for him to get over Kat. And when he sees her, he's still going to feel something. Uh, but I, I, I stand by what I said last episode. I think that they are going to really put Vincent and Tori together for a little bit. I hope not because I, I don't really love them together. Uh, somebody tweeted at me and said they wanted Tori gone, but I, I don't necessarily want her gone. I just don't know if she's the right person for Vincent, who I feel like has years and years of experiences and life struggles that maybe have matured him beyond where Tori is. But, you know, I'm not exactly sure where the writers are going with this. Hopefully someplace we can all come to peace with. Hopefully him and Kat get back together, but I don't, I don't see that in the near future. But we go from the talk to Kat in a coffee shop, seemingly moving on with her life, and Tess coming in. And I really, really enjoyed seeing their interaction and them talking about being BFFs and her wanting to move on. But I also enjoyed that we're getting friendships back this episode. We got to see Tess and Kat just kind of being friends. And we got to see JT and Vincent working together, which last week we were complaining about a little bit because we felt like JT's been a little bit snubbed. He hasn't had a chance to connect with Vincent. So for once this episode, we had the best friend action going on, which I was very, very happy about. But they are called Back to the Station by Gabe. And there is a FBI special agent, Landon, and she is interested in working with Kat. Uh, she doesn't say so right off the bat, but basically what they want Kat to do is go undercover as Mara Angel, who is basically a con artist, and uh, the special agent killed her, so she's dead. But what they need to do is have somebody who looks like her go undercover for this mission, and we don't really know what the mission is, we don't have a lot of details, but Kat is about to say yes when Gabe is trying to, you know, you can tell, it's not that he's a boyfriend or a protective boyfriend, but he he's very protective of her and is trying to make her choose a different decision to make her not take this gig because as anybody apparently in the police force knows, he says that it you need weeks and weeks to prepare to go undercover and she's going to do it in a day. So he's worried for her. Tess is worried for her. This whole episode... You really see these friendships and these feelings, you know, blossom because Gabe, we know he has a crush on her. We know he really cares about her. But this episode, you see him be genuinely scared and concerned for her well-being, which I not enjoyed. Obviously, it was scary in a, in a rough moment. But I liked seeing the passion with which he cares for Kat. And we all know what happened at the end of the episode. I'll hold off on talking about it. But I think if he hadn't acted the way he did, that wouldn't have happened. So... She's going to do it, and she does it because, not because of, but she gets this alert saying Vincent was on the talk. And as although Tess tells her, you know, don't make these decisions based on what you're going through, she decides to do it. And I don't know if it's out of spite, but she does say that she, she tells Gabe, you know, I'm not doing this. 
because of Vincent or because of anything like that. I'm doing it for myself. I am a cop. This is what I went into the world, this career for. I want to help people. I want to make a difference. And that's what I'm doing. I'm finding myself by doing what I'm supposed to do, which I really liked. Whether or not that's true or she's just telling herself that, I think it's it's a good way to look at things. She's really trying to grab a hold of everything that's going on in her life and the best way she knows how and a lot of people I feel like in the world know how is just to dive headfirst into your work and she's literally diving into this she is going full force undercover and I love it I think it's great but while this is happening JT is calling Vincent because he's apparently been attacked Vincent's not answering but ta-da shows up at the house with Tori the house has been ransacked and they stole the cuff that was on the skeleton. Um, and so we're finding out more and more about the skeleton. The skeleton apparently has DNA qualities very similar to that of a beast. So it seems like this skeleton is indeed an ancestor of the beast and that what Vincent has been injected with and what Tori inherited from her father may not have been fabricated. It may have just been DNA that really kind of died out at one point um, because it seems like t- this is 10,000 years ago that we found this skeleton is from 10,000 years ago. Very well preserved, I might add. And it apparently is very similar to Vincent. So whether or not Vincent and Tori are the only beasts left or not, there's a possibility that this was an actual thing. This was a DNA form that existed previously, which I think I said last week as one of my predictions. I'm not sure. I'll have to go back. But I, th- I I like that. I want to see where this goes and how we address that. Because if, if beasts were something that came about naturally, are there other beasts? Are there different kinds of beasts? How, how do we find them? And what do we learn from this skeleton? That will be very interesting to me. And I think we'll help JT get more involved again because who better to solve mysteries and science questions than JT? Uh, but V decides he's going to start tracking the people. Not really decides. He just starts tracking them, seeing them, really looking for the people who attacked uh, JT and trying to find the cuff that they stole because obviously this cuff has some purpose, some meaning to the Beast community. So he is tracking them down with Tori by his side, which Tori's like, what are you doing? So obviously these beasts, I know she's just come into her beastlyhood, but they don't have the same qualities and they don't have the same strengths. So Tori is learning from Vincent, which I like. I think that's very interesting to see a newer beast who isn't trained and isn't in the army learn how to do things like Vincent does. And he was basically programmed to track people and to kill people, which isn't the most pleasant thing. But she's she's learning, which I really, really like. And so we bounce back to Kat learning about her undercover operation Detective Landon is telling her, you know, she's going to look for a a tattoo and then she's going to twist her ring before she finds this person. But she also tells her that the reason she's chosen is because she arrested her own father and somebody who has arrested their own father is worthy of this position. And also that she knows about the corruption in the FBI and she felt more comfortable seeking people outside of the FBI. Therefore, Kat. And she says that she could trust her more, which... I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign and we sh- if we should have caught that early on or not because it turns out there's an underlying reason why Kat has been chosen. But the whole arresting your father thing does make it seem like she's got some cojones and she's willing to, you know, do what she has to do for a mission and for her pr- her purpose and her job. So 
she goes on with it and she's just gonna do it and she's telling Gabe, you know, I'm doing this, don't protect me, just trust me, I need to do this, which I very much enjoyed. I liked seeing Kat this whole episode. She was just on fire. There was something about her renewed energy and spirit in her job that I just truly, truly loved. So we have Tori and Vincent tracking this guy and Tori is telling him it's not a big deal. We don't have to find it. But she, like I said, I think she's just naive and she doesn't realize the danger she experienced last episode is not something to take lightly. It's something that happens often when you're a beast and you can never, ever be too cautious or too careful when it comes to protecting yourself and the people around you. So Vincent is really looking into this and, you know, worrying about his future and where they're going to go. And I, I couldn't help but be a little bit peeved with Tori saying, our future, your future. I just felt it's too soon for her to be saying those things. Whether or not I think that Vincent's into her or if he's into Kat or if she stole Vincent, I don't like how she is saying our future. I think that's very presumptuous of her and I don't know, I don't know if she's saying it as our future as beasts or our future as a couple. It's very hard to read. I think the writers do a great job of that because I don't know how to react to that because they are the only beasts, and right now they're looking to figure out what's going on with the beasts. But she obviously is very attracted to Vincent. So what is her deal, and what is she looking for? And she says she's worried about Cat also, and he tells her this has nothing to do with Cat. Well, lo and behold, we find Cat in a dive bar basically on her mission. And I just have to point out to whoever scored this episode, whoever picked this music, really amazing choices the cw always does a really great job with their music for all of their shows i don't know if you guys watch the vampire diaries or the originals or any of them they always have such great music and the the song i tried to find it for you guys i couldn't find it in the short time i had from watching the episode to hopping on here but the song when she's in the bar it was perfect for her attitude and for the entire scene and i absolutely loved it and I, I wish I had the name of it. And if any of you guys know, make sure you guys tell me on iTunes or on YouTube. You comment. But on iTunes, you can rate and tell a friend about us. Make sure you're tuning in. Um, and we also have tons of other after shows, like I just told you, for the Vampire Diaries originals. Whatever you're into, if you're a CW fan or just a Beauty and the Beast fan. So make sure you check that out. But... She's in this bar, and she comes in fire blazing. She is just ready for this mission. And so she meets Pete and Patrick, and she goes back with them for, you know, they're asking her questions back and forth. It's kind of weird, but she's she's being very, for lack of a better term, badass. I mean, he comes at her, and she just takes him down and says, don't threaten me. I don't like to be threatened. I don't like to be yelled at. I love this side of Kat. I feel like just the way she was full in character, we don't get to see that. We see nice, happy, friendly Kat. And this time, we see, you know, going for it. No cares. Getting the job done, Kat. Or, quote-unquote, Mara, as she's playing. So she she goes in there ready to kill. And so she meets Pete, Patrick, I, Shorty. These names are very hard to keep up with, but Pete and Patrick are brothers, and she's talking to Patrick a little bit, and he just, he's only, like, stuck in this because of his brother, and I guess his other brother, I think his name was Richie, died, was killed by cops, so now he's helping Pete, uh, but Pete's not the nicest guy to his brother Patrick, and it's, it's kind of sad, but you can see that Kat and Patrick really bond, and eventually end up kissing, which... 
I loved. I actually didn't mind seeing Kat kiss someone else. It was almost as if he was a rebound for her. You know, her her first, even though it was fake and it was undercover and whatnot, her first move to getting over Vincent. You know, the first attempt at really embracing the fact that she is this new person and she's really got to go for it. So I really, really loved that. But uh, V shows up. And when I say V, I'm talking about Vincent. That's how I do my notes. My apologies. But Vincent shows up and he sees this and he literally is stunned. And Tori storms off and he tries to explain it to her. But he's very, very confused, not understanding if he tracked her or if he tracked the guys who attacked JT. Well, turns out he was actually tracking the right people. He just didn't realize why Kat was there. So Tori, calm down. Vincent wasn't doing anything you shouldn't have been doing. Uh, he really was on the right trail. So no need to worry about his tracking skills or anything like that. But he's telling JT about it. And JT's a little bit shocked that Kat's kissing someone. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he goes on to talk a little bit about his, you know, Vincent's feelings for Kat and how he needs to be conscious of Tori's feelings and all of those things. But, uh, I, this was my favorite scene. And I know I'm a big JT fan. So I talk about him all the time. And, I tweeted about it, but he says, you got to beast up. It's like, it's basically, you know, man up. And I I think it's so funny how Vincent's like, what? Like, beast up? And JT's telling him all of these things. It's nice to see their friendship again and them really connecting, whether it's in a goofy way or a serious way. It seems like we're getting back that friendship that we know and love from season one, and I am loving that. And my favorite line, of course, not of course, but he goes, avenge me. So he tells Vincent to go out there and, you know, kick some butt and avenge him. And you know what? I think it's about time that somebody avenges JT because JT sits around taking it from every which way, helping everybody else out, getting beat up, and... Nobody really seems to be doing anything for JT. So I really, really like to see him say that to Vincent. And Vincent really, he went for it. I mean, he seriously went for it. He, you know, finds a shackle and he kills Shorty in the process, which I just, I don't see the need for him killing. And I, I think that's a problem with Kat as well. The killing is just too much. You know, it's that one thing that pushes Vincent over the edge from being a beast and being a bad guy. Uh, and I think he's got to hone back from being the hitman that he was trained to be. And at this point, it's still ingrained in him. And he's still a beast. And when he gets angry, he just goes crazy. But, you know, Shorty, not a good guy. He got you the shackle back, kind of. He kind of told you some details. But I don't think he had to be killed. I just think that there could have been a different way to do it. Uh whether or not it's leaving him there or dropping him off at a police station. I don't really I don't really know what the right answer would be, but I just think killing is stepping over that line. And like Kat has said to him previously, that's the difference between like your humanity and not having your humanity is the fact that you are willing to just kill people. Whereas he used to only kill when he was trying to save people. So that not so great, but that's okay. But we find out this is when we find out about this gem. And we're we're finding out how to find it. And it's gonna be at the Russian consulate. There's this party happening. And what do you know? Vincent's going, Kat's going, they're all gonna be there. And so, you know, we have Kat, she's gonna follow through, she's gonna go ahead and go with this mission basically, but she's wearing a wire per Gabe's request, who he's trusting her as much as he possibly can, but she's gonna wear a wire. And the second she shows up and they they know Shorty's dead, they think she's she's the mole or she's the person who did it. And they are ready – well, Pete, I will say, is ready to just 
going on her. She's not wearing the right clothes. She doesn't have the right detail. She showed up late. So they're going to check her for a wire, and they are going to kill her. Bring her down to the docks. Kat, being the smart, intelligent woman that she is, somehow gets them all, gets her and there's other guy in the water. I forget the new guy's name because Shorty's gone. But she gets him in the water, which ultimately fries her wire. Which, you know, saves her life. Uh, causes a little grief for Gabe and Special Agent Landon. But, you know, I, it had to be done. And Landon kind of knew. She says, I think that she did that solely so that she killed her wire. Because that's what they were looking for. But I, I think if I were Gabe, I'd be just as terrified as he was for her safety. And like I said before, his true passion and, you know, emotion behind the feelings that he had when Kat may or may not have been killed underwater uh, really resonated with me. It just shows you that when you really care about someone, you go above and beyond and you search for them. Uh, But he does not, you know, call in all forces and look for her in the water. He is really taking... A step back, trusting her. He sees her heel marks and says, you know, they don't drag somebody back who they've killed. So Kat is showing us she's okay. So let's let this one ride out and see what happens. Which they do. So that's, I, I liked that. And I liked how at the end, obviously, we'll talk about it. But that move gets him in good graces with Kat. And not that he wasn't in good graces, but it really proves that he trusts her and cares about her just as much because he loves, you know, he trusts her just as much as he cares about her, which is always very, very important. But so, uh, Mara is getting dressed. Patrick's there. All of this is happening after he zips her up. And let me just say, Kristen Kruick, you, it's hard sometimes to tell what an amazing body she has, but she, she truly does because she's always in leather jackets and her cop attire, but she's just such a gorgeous girl and she has the best body. And in this dress, she just looked so pretty that I couldn't stop staring at her. And honestly, I on wish one that I had the dress because it was very pretty and two that I had Kristen Kruick's body as I'm sure we all do. But with Slim Fast, two weeks is all it takes to get what you really want. In 14 days, the only thing higher than your confidence will be your headline. This podcast is brought to you by Slim Fast. So if you would like to, you know, get on Kristen Kruick's level, if you're looking to make New Year's resolutions, she is just killing it. And I think all the stunts that she does on this show must keep her in amazing shape. But I really liked these moments between them when he's zipping up her dress and when he's helping her. She she said, you know, at the precinct that she wanted to bond with him, but I think she truly did bond with him. She cared for him and realized that not only was he her in and her person in this mission, but he was a good guy who was wrapped up in something he didn't want to be, similar to her and beasts and all of that stuff. So that was very, very nice. But we, uh, we find them at this Russian consulate party. They sneak in with fake IDs. They have plastic guns and they're in there and their sole purpose is to find this gem. And it is in the wife's room. So we find the keys. We got to get into the safe. It's all of this stuff. But Kat is trying to keep the wife busy, brings her over some champagne. And lo and behold, who is she talking to? Vincent. Vincent is everywhere that Kat is and they're both equally well, I won't say they're both equally shocked. Kat is shocked that it's Vincent. Vincent kind of seems to know that she was there and addresses her as if she's a fan, which if I were Kat, I'd be like, what did you call me? I am no fan. I am your ex-girlfriend. But they have this whole conversation about, you know, they're both there for the same thing. And she's saying she's undercover and he's saying he's undercover. And I just love how she calls him out. And she's like, how are you? How are you undercover? 
when you're Vincent Keller, the war hero who was just on the talk yesterday, you're not doing a very job of staying low profile. But he was there on a mission, if anything. Maybe not an undercover mission, but he was there. And I was reading a lot of things where people were saying they had to work together to get the gem and they had to work together for this mission. But really, it felt like they were working against each other the whole entire time. Vincent threatens her and says, don't don't come after this gem. It's mine. I need it. And Kat says she's trying to save people's lives and that she has to do this. And that she doesn't mind shooting Vincent again if she has to, which I think is a low blow. Um, but she says it. My thing with this, and I know a lot of you on YouTube weren't happy with my comments on Vincent last week, but he just seems, to me personally, very selfish. Whereas he wants this to figure out about being a beast and figure out what's going on with his life and where he's going, which I I completely understand. But Kat is there to save people's lives and make sure that there's something happening for the greater good. And I think if they were to have, you know, quote-unquote, worked as a team – they would have worked to get this gem together. They wouldn't have worked to, you know, get it from each other. So I didn't really love that. But, you know, it is what it is. There's obviously a greater purpose as we find out to this gem. And we'll learn more about it. But Vincent ultimately has the gem. And Kat escapes. Pete's left there. The other guy's left there. And her and Patrick escape. And she basically helps him run off without getting in trouble. She says, they're going to think you have this gem because you're the only one who got away. And they don't know about Vincent, and he's got a really good track record of staying hidden. So she helps him get away, gives him one last kiss, which I really liked. And just, you know, for the greater good, she helped him, which I really, really liked. And then at the precinct, you know, she's not giving all the details. Once again, when they're quizzing her about what happened, she's not giving them everything. She's she's staying back, not including all of the details that she could be including. But she does exactly what she needs to do, which I think is important. But she she's lying to Landon, and Landon, you know, seems to be annoyed with her. And Kat says, you, you know, you lied to me. You didn't give me all the details. There's a bigger reason why you wanted me on this case. She doesn't say anything about Beast, but she says, I know there's some other reason you had me on this case And you let me go in with false pretenses, which I liked Kat calling her out because she needed she needed to say something because her life was in danger that entire time for a purpose she doesn't even understand. But it turns out that gangs are all after this gem and that her her husband, Landon's husband, Sam, was killed. He was uh, an archaeologist and he was killed basically for this gem. And then it's basically a string of robberies over the years dating back a long time. All around this gem. And one of the names that pops up is Rebecca Reynolds, who apparently is a distant relative of Kat's on her father's side. So Landon has come to the conclusion that Kat Kat is connected to this and that she will serve a bigger purpose in figuring out what this gem does and basically why people are after it and why they're willing to kill for it. So... I'm excited to see where that goes. I think this plot line could be really interesting with the historical background. And I just like having a bigger purpose to everything that's going on. Other than the fact I loved the storyline with Vincent last season about trying to protect himself and, you know, figuring out about Mirfield. But Mirfield's gone. And now we need to know where do beasts come from? What what do they mean? Were they captive because it looks like a collar as JT and Vincent found out? What exactly is happening around this gem, which I think will lead to a lot more information and a lot more trouble for everybody. And so 
we find out, like we said, we've got this caller, and JT is talking also about the primal instinct between him and Tori again. So it's it's funny to me how JT jumps from, not that he was ever really gung-ho about Kat and Vincent, but he's very quick to kind of, you know, accept and deal with the fact that there is also Tori and Vincent. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But the moment you've all been waiting for is the end when Kat kisses Gabe. I was blown out of the water. She comes down. Tess and him were talking about how he trusted her and how that was important and how he needs to let her do these things if he wants to be with her. Oh, and we didn't talk about it on the dock how Landon calls him out for being in love with her. But she comes up to him and just kisses him right in front of everybody. Like, it's no big deal. And it was a very sweet, innocent kiss, but I still think you probably shouldn't kiss your boss at work. But... As a Gabe and Cat fan of the moment, uh, right now I think he he's great for her. He really cares about her. He really loves her, obviously, and he's willing to do anything to protect her. I loved this, and I think it's going to lead to Cat healing, moving on from Vincent, and eventually being able to be a better person. And I think the same thing is going to happen with Vincent. They both have a lot of growing to do. They both have to realize that cat for cat, Vincent can't be her whole life. He can't be an all-consuming thing. And for Vincent, he just has to learn who he is again. He lost so much of his memory during that three-month period. And prior to that, he'd been in hiding. So who is Vincent Keller when he's out in the open, when he's not just a beast? Who is Vincent? And I think this time apart is necessary for them to find themselves in the real world and maybe in order to come back together. But I stick by what I said. I think that he, they're both going to have separate relationships for a while with Gabe and Tori. Um, but I loved this episode. I thought it was great. I love this bigger story, this bigger plot line happening. And I just really liked seeing Kat kick some butt. So that was very impressive on her end. Unfortunately, guys, that is the end of the episode. And I don't have any news and gossip for you because Ali Kona usually brings it. But I've got predictions. Now, you're after Buzz TV. Ooh, so like I've said, I really see Tori and Vincent being a couple. Uh, I don't know how serious they'll get because I think she's so much more into it than Vincent is, but I think they need their space. I think they need to grow. I also am very excited to see Tess and JT together again. We didn't get anything, nothing this episode. You can't just give us a kiss and not give us anything. We need, I need more. I would love to say, see JT and T together again. I would love to see them blossom into a relationship or even just a fling. I don't know. I think they both need to, you know, she needs to get over Joe, of course, and stop just focusing on Kat. And JT needs a life. No offense, JT, but he's been shackled away, not physically, but, you know, he's been away. In, in a building, in a warehouse, in this mansion. I mean, he is away from society and he hasn't really dated other than that one time. So he really, I think it would be great for him just to have something else in his life other than Vincent and his research. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I really have no idea about this gem. I don't know what it does. I saw some of you on Twitter saying you think it might be kind of like an antidote, but I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't 
know what it is. It has stumped me, and so I'm very, very excited to see where this goes. If you guys want to keep the conversation going, you can tweet us at TV, and you can tweet myself at Paige Sullivan. It's on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Paige Sullivan. My apologies. At Paige Sullivan on Twitter and Instagram. You can also tweet Alec on Bradford and Alex, so make sure you guys tweet us. Keep it going all week long, like you always do, because you're BCs, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.